Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Season 2 of the Pat and JT Podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Right. Um, sometimes forget about our emails email uh it's hey at patentjt.com got some emails we need to go through in the next couple of episodes so you emailers we're not forgetting about you right um we you know the texters are fine too 402-403-9478 or anywhere on our social media it's pat and jt twitter instagram and facebook exactly we'll get caught up with that but first we we have kind of it was unexpected but a welcome uh what i want to say we haven't seen a friend of ours for a long time uh, mike dyer of dyer law how are you doing i'm doing good yeah um through a mutual acquaintance it was like, oh my gosh, he's been on our show, I don't know how many times when we were back radio world. Right. And since we've been podcast world, we haven't connected, but for, for reasons, once again, our circles you know, collide. Small world. It is, yeah. it is. Um, and we were really excited to have you stop by. And actually we were having you stop by because a friend of ours is developing a really cool podcast we wanted to talk to you about. But then we're like, you know what, let's just have you on the podcast today. Sure. So get caught up with you and what you've been doing. And if you would, just kind of... Talk about your background and what you're doing. Sure. Um, well, I'm an attorney now. I've been in, uh, in Nebraska since 1987. I came out. Uh, before that, I was a cop in New York City. Mm. And mm. Uh, Until when? Uh, back in 1982, I got sworn on. Okay. And uh, I got injured in a riot in Central Park in 1983. and 85, I got retired on a permanent total disability. Wow. wow. So wow. came out to, to law school and met my wife and... In fact, I graduated uh, 10 o'clock in the morning on May 19th, 1990, and three hours later, she married me. Wow. Ah, yeah. I just want to make sure you were smart enough to get that yeah, gra- yeah, degree, yeah. right, Mike? <laughs> you get the diploma? Then. Okay, yeah. let's yep. meet it. All right, let's go. Let's go to the courthouse. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> That's neat, because you've, you've used that, and, and I don't know that you always started this way, but you've evolved um, uh, some, like the website that you have now and some of the cases that you work with now working with law enforcement. Um at, were you that way at the beginning, or what was your focus to begin with? Uh, well, doing injury cases, I've, I've been doing a lot of them because I was injured myself. I do a lot of workers' comp and car accidents. But I've helped hundreds of police officers uh, regionally mm-hmm. um, who've been injured, and then uh, actually have helped the, uh, the families of fallen officers, too, who've been killed in the line of duty. I wonder, and, and it was kind of alluded to, and it makes total sense to me, that law enforcement officers would be more inclined to want to work with somebody who totally understands their line of work because you were an officer. Right. I did that. Yeah. And it, it probably it makes, just sense. makes that connection. Because mm-hmm. right walking before they even walk in the door, they you guys have a connection just because you're former law enforcement. Right. You I mean, this yeah. nationwide, you know, mm-hmm. actually internationally, exactly. I guess when you see other cops, it's yeah. something that, you know, we all understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something. You grew up in New York. I did. Yeah. Ah, what part? Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, but grew up on Long Island. Interesting. And, uh, I'd say the early 80s, pretty rough time in New York, right? Yeah, well, they had, uh, back in the 70s, when New York went bankrupt, they retired, they fired a bunch of cops, like 5,000 cops. So it was pretty lawless for a while. And then when they started hiring them back again, you know, 3,000 at a clip, um, things were starting to turn around. So 
Yeah, that's sure. interesting. Though. That's right. The 70s were kind of, like me said, lawless. Yeah. I've heard other stories about that, too. People that were police officers in the 80s um, and 90s, but they, they talk about, you know, it's not like the 70s. You know, it's like, yeah, well, we 70s. can come back. We came back before we can come back, you know, because they're talking about what's been going on lately. Yeah. And how, how, because for a lot of people, this is the first time they've experienced this, where um, the police departments or the police officers, a lot of them deciding to retire early. They were like, okay, because New York got to be a little, it's a little sticky in New York City right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Put it nicely. Yeah. Yeah. A little sticky. sticky. And for a lot of officers, they've decided, you know what? Nationwide. Right. Right. And, and a lot of officers are just saying, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and take my early retirement and. Right, then just, we're gonna sit down, but there are still a lot of young guys and gals that are signing up. Uh, yeah, a nephew who's uh, in the academy right now in New York. So, how does that make you feel? You know, um, it's a different world. So, yeah, you know, he's yeah a new part of it. Exactly, it's he, kind of funny when yeah. you when you talk to people that are former law enforcement or current law enforcement, or it's a lot of times in any field, whether it's acting or whatever it is. They're like, I would never talk to my kids about going down this field because it's such a hard road. It's, it's so difficult. I did it. Yeah, I did it, but I don't want them to do it. Um, kids, would you ever, if your kids would ever come to you and say, listen, this is what I want to do. Would you be like, well, it's your choice or I don't recommend that after I, what happened to you. Like your nephew, did your nephew talk to you at all before he did it? Not really. No, I mean, you know, he, yeah, but you know, I, I've got brothers and his dad was a firefighter. That's my brother. And yeah. I got two brothers and three brother-in-laws who were firefighters in New York. And All first responders. Like, yeah. I mean, so yeah. So kind of like somebody coming out of the family not doing it. It'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you not doing it? Everybody was doing it. <laughs> that generation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that generation, right. Yeah. That's cr- that's pretty cool, though. I mean, seriously, to have that many family members that are all first responders, but tends to go that way, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in families, it's like you have a, every, everybody does it. It's like, it seems to be, yeah. Yeah. Following dad's footsteps, following mom's footsteps, et cetera. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the website that you have is called Hurt Cop. Can you talk about that just a little bit and what you're doing? Sure. I put it together. So uh, there'd be at least a source for uh, people to look for, uh, to know that uh, what they're, what they're going through and, uh, and, and what they're experiencing is not something that they're doing alone. Uh, I took some information from uh, a program that I'm in in New York called Police or- uh, Papa Program, Police Organization Providing Peer Assistance. And I got into that in 2008, and it's a suicide prevention and a hotline. Mm-hmm. And I've been uh, active with the training and everything. I wanted to bring that back to Nebraska to, to bring it uh, here so we can have a, a setup like they have in New York. But we don't have... The structure that New York does, they don't have 100,000 cops who all have the same insurance, and they don't have hundreds of volunteers who are always available. Never thought about that. Yeah. So if you don't have that kind of structure, you can't do what they're doing. You can't, but there are bits and pieces that you can at least replicate and you can take out. So Right. Um, I've gone regionally and spoken to a lot of uh, different police organizations and um, FOPs, fraternal order police groups, uh, about uh, some of the stuff they talk about in PAPA about uh, what it's like to be a cop and um you know let me ask you something too and and this has come up before another uh another podcaster that we have in the training for police officers they're, they're as first responders they have some medical training i would imagine when they're on the scene but they're 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 primarily law enforcement and so they probably are exposed they're like the first on the scene right and we were talking to one of the guys that we have a podcast with. Is he's an, he was former OSHA guy with the government, and he now trains people 
that run their departments. And he said that's something a lot of people don't think about, that the OSHA guys are exposed right. to some pretty traumatic scenes. Right. And for the police officers, are they is there training or psychological coping skills in the training or was there and now there is or each each event that they go to can be traumatic and with each traumatic event it's a have cumulative effect so you have the traumatic event that's now causing you stress or anxiety mm-hmm. because it happened in the past is post-traumatic event now mm-hmm is piling on. So it's never, you know, they say uh, it's never the dirty dishes that makes the person go. It's all the stuff that be- builds and leads up to That's an analogy, it. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then it, and it affects the way they handle other other cases, other instances of whether it's domestic violence or rob, whatever it is, that whatever happened yesterday or last week or last month affects what they're doing right then. And then you're right, it just keeps piling up and up. Right. And it's got to be properly dealt with. It's got to be sorted. It's got to be, you know, you have to be able to talk about I would about think that things. was something back when you were an officer and even somewhat now, like you said, what, what, um, our client had said that it's it's not really dealt with out front. Like it, it was probably back then, I like, didn't even think about post-traumatic stress, talking it out, something bad happens, you, you go oh. and you sit down with someone um, and talk it out. It's probably, you're a tough guy. You can get through this, just head down and just go. But sitting down and talking probably wasn't really on the docket. You know, um, my experience is back, you know, a lot of people weren't even around then. We were around. We were around. 1985, okay. I mean, I, I, I was done with it, but... Uh, Right now, they have a, just about every police department has got uh, a way to be able to deal with these events as they come in. And uh, they have different situations. Every department sets them up differently. But, uh, right. you know, they, they have a breakdown, talk it down. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And so are, you're not on your that's own. That's great. Well, I have to, you know, even like just a regular Joe, when, you're, when your um, employer offers uh, any kind of mental assistance. Right. A lot of people don't take advantage because they're afraid they'll be in. A, they'll be put in a column. Right. The stigma. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. that stigma, I would imagine, is magnified when it comes to police officers, any first responders. Well, you know, it's a sign of strength and not a sign of weakness to go out and look for the help. And, and, and it's that's hard what to change to, right. that mindset. Flipping that script and changing that mindset is almost, it's really yeah. tough with a lot of people, especially from that generation. We're like, no, I'll just rub some dirt on it. I'm good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know. You I mean, uh, you, you kind of think that way, but then, you know, as, as they, the, uh, they pile up and the things occur, yeah. um, you know, there's got to be a way to be able to vent them and there's got to be a way to be able to, to deal with them. And you, you having know? this website is, a, is just another way to acknowledge that it's there and that you can do that. You can right. You're not this. alone, right? You're dealing with things. It's yeah. not, you don't have to have it all on your shoulders. Yeah. You know, reaching out for, for help is what people who are dealing with abnormal stuff do normally should do exactly right. yeah. exactly that's crazy though uh, how the mindset has changed and it and it's been fairly recent um yeah, i'd say the know, last 10 years if not sooner really yeah because um, we've even we've seen the the psas and i can't say his name michael phelps michael phelps coming forward um doing the psas about needing to turn to somebody for some help because of depression and you're thinking he's he won 150 gold medals right what is he depressed about exactly and then you realize, and he talks about, you know, when he's underwater swimming and nobody else is there and he just sees the line on the bottom of the pool, right? Well, you know, yeah. uh, after September 11th hit, they discovered that, and this is just September 11th, you know, coming up on 20 years now. Yeah. Um, when that happened, it was about nine to 18 months later where the people who were living in the trauma let that trauma set in and they started to have that post-traumatic stress problems and that's where the suicides went up Mm -hmm. and 
police officers taking their own lives. You know, 12 police officers took their own lives in a two-year period just in New York City. Mm. And what they've discovered from that, and, and knowing that there's ways in which we, you know, people can, uh, can vent and talk to another cop about it, knowing that, that the trauma has a cycle like that, look at what we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're looking at this incredible virus that's hitting the whole world. Mm-hmm. And we're living in that trauma right now. And in the next six months or so, we're going to be living in that post-traumatic event. I think of people that have, have lost their jobs, lost their income, their families are, are just lost all family over the members. place. And then on the then they're dealing with that, and then they walk outside their front door, and they're dealing with masks and the virus. It's just, it's never ending. So I can understand yeah. where in the next few months it's going to get, especially for young people, right. young kids. I would live in that trauma right, right now. And some communities where they're dealing with the violence in the communities. I can't like I I keep looking at Kenosha, mm-hmm. <laughs> been to Kenosha, <laughs> and. I can't even, you know, it'd be like it happening on my street. It would be, you know, what happened. And that would terrify me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awful. It, you know, to have that kind of violence happening right in front of your eyes. Um, I, I don't know that people necessarily, I, I imagine there is a, people have an idea of what it's like living in New York City. You know, and, and if you're from Omaha, you think it looks like this, just like people in New York sure. City probably think living in Omaha, mm-hmm. everybody has a cow in their yard. So I get it. If only. I'd love <laughs> to have a cow in my yard. <laughs> but even for the people in New York, this is, a, this is out of the norm. Well, everything is. Yeah. Totally. Um, and just, and you're right, because come about, and we've already heard, you know, about uh, not only officers, but just regular Joes, people that are having difficulty dealing with this, and they've right. seen an increase or a spike um, in uh, mental uh, help. All of them, and yeah. reaching Suicide, out. alcoholism, yeah. drug abuse. You know, there are people now who are trying to deal with the, you know, in the only ways they can, and they're mm-hmm. panicking. Yeah. And that trauma, we're still in the middle of. Some people are at the further end of it. Yeah. Some people are, are past it. And they're trying to deal with uh, their world turned upside so down. So definitely in the next six months, we, we will probably even more so see the repercussions of right. this. That's that's incredible. And for the officers, I mean, it's just such a, all the first responders. I got I to keep going back to that because all the first responders that are out there, you know, God bless them for doing what they do. But man, that's a lot. Well, and then take the virus out of it. Yeah. Forget, for, for, pretend COVID-19 is not even around. Uh, just law enforcement in general has been just flipped upside down in the last 18 months with everything socially that's gone on. So the virus is going on, plus um, they're dealing and their community's dealing with that also. So that's, if that by itself would be something that would, that would be really rough right. on law enforcement and their families. People feeling it's appropriate to yell at somebody, to throw an object at somebody, to hit somebody in the head with a brick or a rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... When does that become and, normal? You know, and you you pointed out too that that's stuff that has been going on for a long time in right. some city and New York, not immune because that's what happened to right. you. Um, and but it was just it, people didn't have their flip phones and didn't have their their smartphones and didn't right. have the video and they weren't in mobs vi- filming each other right. doing it. And now people are seeing it. This is stuff that's been happening, and now we're actually seeing what's happened. And it's terrifying because you said that there's that video that's gone around and you may have seen it too. The officer that was hit with the pipe on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who yeah. knows him? Oh, yeah, really? Lieutenant Mack in New York City. He's, he's part of the, he's an uh, intricate part of a pop program in New York. That video is an and, unbelievable. Yeah. And, and he had his or- face, his orbit broken. I mean, and here's a guy who I, you know, sat in the auditoriums with and mm-hmm. talked to him a number of times because they had the, 
full day of training. I go to Brooklyn for I used to mm-hmm. until uh, you know for you know full day for for training to keep up on this stuff. And yeah, wow. wow. So, so you and you said you, you were injured in a riot back in the eighties. What happened in that situation? Um, Diana Ross had a concert in Central Park, and uh, afterwards, uh, it just became. Uh, of all of, of all entertainers, all, it wasn't insane right. clown posse. It wasn't corn. <laughs> no, Nine Inch Diana Nails. Ross. It was Diana, Diana Ross. Ross. Beautiful concert. Yeah. And then the people left, and they just went north and south, and they just robbed people, pulled people's chains off their necks. Mm. Uh, they broke through um, terrace in the park and robbed people sitting at the tables, mm. and it was just mayhem. And mm-hmm. uh, I got injured, locked four people up that night. And, mm-hmm. uh, wow. Yeah. Seeing this, so you you totally understand dealing with the post traumatic stress yeah. of an event like sure. that. Yeah, you see you see what's going on now in the last six eight months. You, you see, see these what's riots coming. And you yeah you, you I'm sure that brings up emotions inside of you since that happened to you. Right. Yeah. yeah and it's been X amount of decades later. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So you'd mentioned too that you you well you would go to uh, speak this last year. Things have been a little different. Right. I, I'd been invited to uh, speak to fraternal order police organizations and statewide, regionally. I've gone to. Um, different states where I've been invited to talk to police officers about, you know, their rights and, and about how to deal with, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And to understand, you're probably events. right. Yeah, because it, it's, uh, I'm sure they're given like a short overview when you come on board. It's kind of like, you know, you know what you're expected to do and what you can and can't do. But I'm sure they need to reinforce you. Here's what you are protected. Hey, you got to take care of yourself. You've got to mm-hmm. be, yeah. And, um and it's not just local police organizations. You even mentioned the FBI, too. Well, there was a group that invited me to, yeah. to speak to the uh, um, FBI, um, Nebraska group. The regional FBI. offices yeah. or whatever, something yeah, it like was, that. Yeah, it was supposed to go on this summer, but they didn't. Uh, they they had a, an annual meeting. They didn't. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Had to change that up. Well, hopefully they get back on schedule next year. And Fingers who knows crossed. what next year is going to well, be. that's right. true because you said, okay, New York City, you like to go back. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is a big deal in New yeah, York City. I love that, yeah. Right? And they canceled it last year. Yeah. Don't know if it's happening this year because right. they just canceled Mardi Gras. Right. Yeah. Um, so we have nothing you can really, you know, and we don't know how, you know, it's great that we have possibly 95% effective. Yes. You know. Well, yeah, we didn't think in the spring that yeah. we'd ever even consider canceling football or, right. or, or playing it the way we're playing it now. And no, now we're looking at like February, right? March coming up in the next four or five months. Like, what is the world going to look like then? Because yeah. everybody really? was losing their mind about spring game. Yeah, we're like, oh my God, we're going to have a spring it's game. Like, we'll then, we'll oh my have, God, we'll baseball's the delayed. Like, well, who would ever think that we there was a time when we weren't going to play football? There was six weeks we didn't play Husker football. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So who knows what's going to happen next year? What's going to end up? And I know that they're talking about, well, obviously right now. It is. It's, it's just, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to dwell on it. But by the same token, people want to talk about it and they need to because they're frustrated. Right. Um, you know, like hearing about Thanksgiving and hearing some communities, they're saying they're locking them down and saying no more than 10 people. And we decided know, last night we're hours. not doing ours. No, we're not having any, any family gatherings, but we did sucker mom into still making the food. No. <laughs> and we're going to pick it up. Oh, and yeah. That makes her happy. Okay. So, but we're not going to, it's about them and protecting them. Yeah. This is a traumatic event, right? This is the trauma that is one of multiple traumas we go through. We're living in this right now. And how we're going to deal with this and how we're going to have this reacted to later on and how it's going to come back and bite right. us is something we have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. And prepare for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because right now it, you're not really focused on that. It's right. just the here and now. And yeah. as you're starting to lose sleep and you're not able to, and you feel the need to have more and more of something to make you feel better, that's the time to reach out for some help and say, hey, maybe things aren't right. Yep. And mm-hmm. there's an awful lot of places you can do that. You can go to your doctor if you want to. If you're religious, you can go to clergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's hotlines you can talk to. 
and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, hey, I'm having this issue and have somebody to talk to about it because it's an accumulative effect. It's hundreds and hundreds of events that have occurred and and you, you think know. you're the only one dealing with it, and you're not. Or right. you're, and you're afraid you're not dealing, doing it right. Right. They're going to make fun of you. Like, why are you doing it that way? Like, yeah. why are you? you That's just not the case. And it's and you're right, because they look at other people, and some people externally, they have their, their poop in Michael a Michael Phelps, like you said. You yeah. look at him, you look at Michael Phelps, you look at- uh, Never would have thought. Any of these, these uh, Lincoln Park, you see these singers that have everything, yeah. these actors, these performers that on the surface- these just random business people that they have the huge house, the pool, the kids, the everything, and they end up um, taking their own life. And you think, what on earth? So yeah. e- everybody's got something going on behind closed doors. Exactly. Well, and when they talk about suicide prevention, when somebody's in the midst of considering that, you never want to ask them, hey, what are you doing this for? Look at this house. Look at this family. Look at this. That could, Makes be, the feel worse. To, that could be the reason they want to kill themselves. Right, right, right. right. Exactly. It's always right. a matter of what's on your mind right now. Why are you looking to do this? What, you know, yeah. What do you have to look forward to? There's always something there. Exactly. You, know, you just got to find it. Yep. That's an interesting perspective. I'm sure, though, you've, you've probably learned a lot about this, you know, over the years as your, your path has kind of made its way in this direction. Well, yeah, because I, I did this in order to help people in Nebraska, but I also, as an attorney, mm-hmm. when I sit down and talk to somebody who's been in a car accident or hurt at work mm-hmm. and their life is turned upside down, you know, I have a f- tendency when I f- first sit down with somebody and I start to talk to them about their accident and their, their injuries, it's like, let's just do an assessment of what's what's going on with you because if i ask you how do you feel naturally you're going to resist you're going to you're not going to want to be judged as a whiner or a complainer you never want to be perceived yeah. as a, as making a big deal about yourself right. so we treat ourselves differently than we would treat somebody else but if True. you know if your loved one was sitting there you'd say hey tell them what's going on so even when i talk to people about a car accident it's like hey tell me what's different Right. Is your neck different? Yes or no? Well, it's no, yes or no. <laughs> yeah. Is your back it's different? True, yes though. or no? Right. It's probably hard to get them in that mindset of, okay, let's pretend you are your best friend. Right. Now tell me about your best friend. What's wrong with them? <laughs> you what's know? Different? Oh, let's go. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. Now I'll tell you what's going yeah. on. Right. Because yeah. we always, we perceive ourselves as the people who never want to be judged. Right. Right. We never want to be in that, in that position where somebody's going to call you less than or be even perceived as less than. Mm. So you put up this false. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that gets us through life, right? And, but, and yeah. we can thank social media for magnifying that because oh nobody God. ever puts the picture up where they look less than perfect, <laughs> less than great shape, less than tan. You know, yeah. they just don't. And so we're so used to putting our best foot forward that right. we're not used to Take showing the Take 25 pictures so you can uh-huh. pick one to put up. Yep. Like, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. The fake it till you make it mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes well, that's we, not we the had that, way to do we, it. Were you on that 401k meeting yesterday? Yes, I was. And, and I didn't, I was on it a little bit and I saw the, some of the pictures with the guy that was running it short story. He's, he talked about the social media thing. He's like, this is my family and this is us after 400 pictures trying to get one where we were all smiling <laughs> and right. we all look perfect. He goes, now this was the next day, my son, after he just ate a marker and he's got marker. All, he's like, <laughs> yeah. this is, life is messy this is what it's like it's not the perfect picture in the weeds it was a great it was a great right analogy. it was a great analogy right. yeah yeah it absolutely was my gosh a heavy topic but um i just wanted to kind of highlight what you're doing because i i think it's really important yeah and, it's been kind of a nice fit you know between you know because you're helping people who are hurt yeah. you know and in a position to be able to have somebody not that you're really helping them you're just saying hey look there are other people who can help you i just want to expose you to what's hurt so yeah. that you can at least and you've been there it. and you've been there yeah. right that's what that's they, they instantly trust you because you've been in that situation exact situation right and you never yeah. want to be perceived as a 
Yeah. Exactly. I don't think we've ever had this to conversation with you as far as your history as well. I know we always talked about you know the the projects that you were supporting right. or and the things you're trying to do to help the community and um, just kind of interesting to find out a little more about you. And it's a great URL, mm-hmm. hurtcop.com. Yeah, all the information is there if people want to find out about. Yeah, just I, I think the program is fantastic, yeah. and I shared it with my cop friend. Great, uh, and yeah. he's in Minnesota, and, sa- and shared it with him, and he's he's very involved in stuff like this. Just as simple well. tools. Just hey, mm-hmm. look, just do a simple test, and you know, when you look at it, and you say, hey, this is this, and maybe I should talk to somebody. There you go. Yeah. Nobody else has to know about it. Nope. You know, it's confidential. Mm-hmm. You know, just just yeah. We're all we're it all can't hurt. Beings, right. We're all part of the human just experience. Trying to help each other get through. Right. Right. Thanks, Mike, Mike. Thank you for coming you in. You bet. Thanks for having me. You got bet. It. And go to hurtcop.com. Very, yeah. very simple to go there. Uh, you can also go to It's Pat and JT. If you, if you need all, all the links that we talked about, everything, it's in the description yeah. of our podcast. So just go ahead and click through on that one. It's Pat and JT. Pat and JT Podcast. A Huda Media Production.